0: Hello, this is Aaron. Thank you for tuning in to the church discussions podcast. I hope you're blessed and well If this is your first time tuning in I want to say thank you so much for listening This is a resource for growth in your understanding of the scriptures I encourage you to follow the Instagram for more content and feel free to share this podcast with your family and friends Today I'm going to be talking about the church This one's a little bit different This episode, I really want to challenge you and provoke you a little bit. I want to preach to you a little bit. So my main goal in this episode is to teach you the scriptures, but if you're listening, I want to exhort you and to challenge you to be more committed to the church, to the body of Christ, to involve yourself in the church, to serve the church, to give to the church, and to be more devoted to the church and to love the church. Now I want to ask you the question, who is the church? It isn't the building, it's actually the redeemed. It's those who are saved. We are the church. The church is not a a building that we visit on Sunday mornings. When the Bible refers to the church, it commonly uses the word ecclesia, which means called out ones. So, when it refers to the church, it's talking about the ones who are called out by God. The ones who are redeemed and saved. The ones who God calls out to come together, to assemble, to meet together. The word "ecclesia" is used over 100 times in the New Testament. Once again, the church was never meant to be a place that we visit on Sunday mornings, but the church is where our hearts should be. The church is the family of God. If you attend my church, then I want to make it clear to you that, you that you are family to me. Now, there is nothing closer than family. A family spends time together. They encourage each other. They love each other. They correct each other when needed. Family protects each other. They provide for each other. So, the church is the family of God. God. John chapter 13, verse 35, it says, By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. You see, the scripture here Jesus is speaking, and he talks about the disciples and how they should have love for each other. He explains to us that the disciples of Christ, this is what distinguishes them from the rest of the world, is their love for one another. So when we have such a love for the church, for the people of the church, for the family of God, it shows the world that we are distinguished, that we are set apart, that we are different and unique compared to the rest of the world. You see, I know in my own personal life, I've had family in the past. They've asked me questions. They've asked me why I spend so much time with the church. And the reason is because I love the church. I love the people in the church. You see, being committed to the church has taught me so much over my time of of serving God. Being committed to the church has taught me how to forgive people. It has taught me how to love people. It's taught me to be more selfless. There are so many benefits to being committed and devoted to the church, to the family of God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, it says, And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love in good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You see, this scripture here in Hebrews, it encourages us to stimulate one another to love in good deeds. And it says, not forsaking our own assembly together, as is the habit of some. You see, the scriptures encourage us to stimulate one another to good deeds. That when we come together on Sundays and Wednesdays, we are to encourage one another. We are to exhort one another. We are to help each other. We are to pray for one another. Then the scripture here says, not forsaking the gathering. That means that every time the church meets together, we are not to forsake it. We are not to neglect it. We are to always anticipate the gathering. You see, my exhortation to you is to always be faithful and committed to the church gatherings. Not just church services, but to be faithful to the church itself. My encouragement to you is to be so committed and so devoted to the family of God. That you are so committed to helping people. You see, the purpose of the church is to to help each other. To grow in our relationship with God. We are to fellowship. We are to to spend time together. We are to be committed and devoted to church services. We are to make sure that we are there on Wednesdays and Sundays. And whenever the church meets together. But not just that. We are to, to serve the church. We are to fellowship with the church. On Sunday afternoons, we are to spend time with the family of Christ, with the family of God. We should be intentional about connecting with the people of the church. This is something that I believe is very important when it comes to growing in our relationship with God. You see, God uses people to help grow us, to develop us. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, it says, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. You see, it's good to connect with other believers. It's good to spend time with other believers. I remember there was a certain point in my life where me and my wife were, we had a goal to spend time with every couple in the church. We wanted to get to know the family of God. We wanted to to build relationships because we knew that there's a benefit in connecting and fellowshipping with other Christians. You see, God uses other Christians to to grow us, to develop us. There are so many Christians who are doing this. This walk with God alone in the scriptures call us to connect with other believers, to build friendships and relationships with other couples, with other age groups, with other types of people who have different interests. I know that it's difficult many times for many people to do this. I know that within my own personal life, I've always been an introverted person, to be honest with you. So as the years go on, the Lord has really dealt with me about connecting with people, especially people in different age groups. You see, when I attended the church, when I first attended, I was about 15 years old. And as the years went on, all I did was spend time with a lot of teenagers, people my age within the church. But I began to realize that the Lord was, was speaking to me. He was challenging me to spend time with other believers Believers who were in their 30s and 40s. So as time went on, I began to spend more and more time with different age groups, with with different types of people within the church. And the Lord began to use this to grow me and develop me. And I grew spiritually from it. You see, fellowship has a lot to do with your sanctification, what is sanctification? It's something that I brought up in the most, in the previous episode. Sanctification is this ongoing process of the Lord molding you and shaping you to look and to fit the image of Jesus. And fellowship is very important in this sanctification process. So my encouragement to you is to to fellowship with believers, to connect with people, to be intentional about building relationships with people that you normally wouldn't fellowship with. I encourage you to spend time with couples on Sunday afternoon after church to be intentional about planning to go out to eat dinner or to go out and hang out with, with people who, who you normally wouldn't hang out with within the church. This is how we grow. You see, when you connect with other believers, you should be intentional about encouraging them, about exhorting them and praying for them. And we should be open with other believers as well. We should seek prayer from other believers. We should seek spiritual wisdom from other believers. We should seek to receive from other believers through fellowship. And we should seek to to glorify God and to encourage others in fellowship. This is a very important thing. So my encouragement is not just to fellowship with believers within the church, but it's to serve the church. It's to give all that we are to serving the church. We are to look and see which ministries need help within the church. And we are to fill in the gap. We are to to give ourselves unto the church. We are to seek out ministries where we can be a part of and we can serve and where we can help. Maybe there's a need for children's teachers. And maybe the Lord has put it on your heart that he's called you to teach one day. I believe the children's church is a great place to start off when it comes to teaching. It's a great place because there are many children's teachers that are always needed. Maybe the Lord has put it on your heart to become an usher within the church, to be a greeter, to be a kitchen worker, whatever it is. The Lord calls us to to serve the church. And this is something that I believe is very important. It's very vital to the church and it's very vital to us individually. You see, many times when people start attending a church, they come into the church with a consumer mentality. They seek after what the church can offer them, but they do not realize that the church can use them for God's glory. So these are just some of the encouragements that I have for you. Maybe you're not involved in the church. Maybe you're not serving at any capacity. Maybe you're fairly new to a church that you're attending my exhortation and my encouragement to you is that you would grow, that you would receive from the preaching, and that eventually you would become so faithful and so committed to that church to where you're filling in the gaps in every ministry that's needed. That, that you would be so devoted, that you would be willing to be reliable in the church, that when people seek out ushers, they know that they can depend on you to be there to serve that ministry. That when the church is looking for greeters or kitchen workers, that they can know that, that they can rely on you and depend on you because of your commitment to the church and your love for the church. So this is the very thing that I want to talk about today. Is I want to exhort you to commit yourself to serving the church so that Christ would be glorified through your service. Now, I'm going to focus on a passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. I encourage you to write down the scriptures and to research it. It talks about the body of Christ. It talks about how the church is the body of Christ. Now, the Bible uses many metaphors to describe the church. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 12, it refers to the church as the bride of Christ. As well as chapter 5 of Ephesians, it also refers to the church as the bride of Christ. In John chapter 15, it says that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. It's referring to the church. Then in our passage here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the church as the body of Christ. So I'm going to go ahead and read that passage of scripture. Once again, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. And it says, For even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many, If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason, any the less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not a part of the body. It is not for this reason, any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as He desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. And those members of the body which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor, and our less presentable members become much more presentable, whereas our more presentable members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked, so that there may be no division in the body, that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. Now I'm going to give some context here on this passage of scripture. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. The church had many issues that Paul is correcting in this letter. Now, some of the main issues are the church was divided they had many issues with unity. There was many people who were taking sides with leaders. This is evident in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 11 through 13 it says for i have been informed concerning concerning you my brethren by chloe's people that there are quarrels among you. Now i mean this that each of you is saying i am of paul and I of Apollos and I of Cephas and I of Christ. Has Christ been divided? Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? You see, the church here in Corinth, they had an issue, they were taking favorites when it came to when it came to leadership. Some of them were choosing certain sides, they were saying, Hey, I, I belong to Apollos group, I belong to Cephas, I belong to Paul. So what Paul is saying is he's saying, look at enough with the division within the church. We are all one body. We should not be divided. You see, this is one of the issues. Another issue that they had in the church in Corinth was many of the people were not properly using the spiritual gifts. You see, many people wanted the flashy gifts like prophecy and speaking in tongues. And they were upset and jealous of people who had those giftings. You see, many people wanted to be in the spotlight, in the church services. They wanted to be the main focus. So they were becoming jealous of other people. So this is the reason Paul talks about how the church is the body. We are all one. Even though we are all completely different, we are all one body with the same goal. We are unified in the same goal. Now, let's go ahead and take these uh, verses and break them down. Let's look at verse 12. It says, For even as the body is one, and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. You see, Paul is making it clear here in this verse. He's he's explaining to us that there is a variety of members. There is different types of people within the church, but we all function as one body. We all have the same goal. You see, this is the good thing about the church is what God does is he brings together all different types of people, all different varieties and ways of life. He brings them all together to one assembly. And what God does is he uses that to bring growth. You see, what I've realized over my time of serving God in one church is God has used so many different personalities and different people to mold and shape me, to, to look more and more like Jesus. You see, I, I've seen many people come and go in the church. I've seen people come in, get connected, and maybe they get offended or they get upset or they disagree with people. And what they do is they leave the church. You see, but here's the thing about the church is God uses that He uses that to mold and shape us to look more like Jesus. If we just escape and leave the church the very moment that we're offended, we are missing out on what God wants to do in us and through us with those people. You see, God uses many different types of people to to change us. And at the same time, he uses us to change many different types of people. You see... This is the benefit of the church is the church brings so much growth to us. If we are taking part in fellowship, the church helps us to grow, but we need to be more connected to the church. We need to be more devoted and committed to the church. As I mentioned earlier, we need to be committed to serving the church. We need to be committed to fellowship. We need to be reliable and dependable. We need to be committed to serving in ministry and helping people and using our gift, whatever the gift that the Lord has given us, we should use that to build up others within the body of Christ. You see, in my own personal life, when I started attending the church, I saw that there was a need for, for guitar players on the worship team. And right away within my mind, I already knew I knew how to play guitar. So what I did is I made myself available. And I went to leadership and I said, look, I know how to play the guitar. If there's ever a need within the worship team, I want you to know that I am available to, to, to play guitar for the worship team. Now, they didn't put me in the worship team right away. It took maybe about six to nine months. You see, but I became faithful and committed in that, in that stage of my life. I, I already decided within my heart that I was going to show up every service. That I was always going to be there to receive and to grow. And to make myself available to the church. And this is the very thing I want to encourage. I want to encourage you to have a love for the church. To have this desire to to, to help the church. To equip the church and to fill in the gaps. So let's move on here to the next verse. Verse 13 it says, For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we were all made to drink of one spirit. Now, it uses the word baptize. Now, this is not talking about water baptism. I know that there are many different churches or denominations. There are pastors out there who try to claim that this verse is talking about water baptism. The scripture is not talking about water baptism. The word baptize simply means to immerse. So what the scripture is saying, when he says, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. He's saying that we were all immersed into the body of Christ. We were all placed in the body of Christ. You see, the scripture makes it clear that God places us in the the body of Christ. He places us in the church. You see, you were not in the church that you're in by mistake. God places you there. He immerses you in the body of Christ, whether Jew, Greek, whether slave or free. It doesn't matter the type of person you are. It doesn't matter uh, your financial status in life. It doesn't matter if you're middle class, higher class. It doesn't matter uh, your ethnicity, your race. Nothing, Nothing like that matters. What matters is God places you, the unique person that you are, he places you within the church so that you would... Make yourself available to serve the church, to take part in fellowship and to serve the church with whatever gift that the Lord has placed within you. You see, so that scripture is saying that we were all immersed into one body All the different types of people that we are, we are all put together within the church in one body, and we were made to drink of one spirit. So it's one spirit that is working in every single one of us in the church, in the body of Christ. Let's move on here. I want to read verses 14 through 21. It says, for the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body. It is not for this reason, any the less a part of the body. Verse 16, and if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I'm not a part of the body. It is not for this reason, any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he has desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. You see, once again, there in verse 18, it makes it clear that God has placed the members in the body. God chooses who's going to be within the church. And this passage of scripture makes it clear that we are all unique, but we all need each other. You see... We can never just serve Christ individually in our own separate, secluded lifestyle. We need to be connected to the church. We need to be involved in the church. If you're not in ministry, I I encourage you to eventually get involved in ministry and to be devoted to that ministry. Now, I don't encourage you to take on three, four, five or six different ministries right away all at once. But I do encourage you to take on one or two ministries and to be committed and devoted to those ministries. And to serve those ministries and to serve the church and to give yourself up to the church. I encourage you to fellowship with the church, to give to the church financially, to bless the church, to be a blessing to the people of God, to the family of God. Now, the scripture makes it clear that we need one another. I need you and you need me. We all need each other. We all need to encourage each other and to help each other. You know, I find it interesting that anytime um, as an individual, if a person hurts their foot or their leg or their hand, the, the automatic response to that is, We automatically try to soothe the pain or we automatically try to comfort ourselves with our other hand. For example, let's say if I stub my toe or hurt my leg on a chair or a table, the very first thing that I do automatically is I start trying to comfort the pain in my toe or my foot with my hands. And in the same thing, this is the way the church should function. If somebody within the body of Christ is struggling, other parts of the body should go and comfort that person. We should be quick to encourage people. We should be quick to go and cover people in prayer. You see, but here's the thing is, we, we will never know if somebody is struggling, or if somebody is in pain spiritually, if we're not connecting, if we're not fellowshipping, if we're not communicating. I would go as far as to say is I encourage you to to connect with with a person from the church each and every day, whether it's through text or phone call or or in-person fellowship. I encourage you to connect with different people who you've never connected with within the church and to be intentional about receiving from them and having conversations about the scriptures with them so that you both may grow within your relationship with God. You see, just to give another analogy, another example, I remember my daughter, she hurt her finger recently, my 11-month-old daughter. She was playing with one of her older sister's toys, and her little finger got stuck in the toy. The toy pinched her finger. And right away, she instantly put her finger in her mouth. And she started rubbing her, her finger with her other hand to try to soothe and comfort herself, to comfort the pain in her finger. And right away, what I did is I picked her up and I began to try to comfort her as well. And this is the way the church should be. As the body of Christ, we are to comfort each other. We are to edify each other. Maybe the Lord has given you a gift of teaching. Maybe He's given you a gift of encouragement, uh, the gift of exhortation. You see, we are to use these gifts to help other people. Whenever you fellowship with another believer within the church, if you have the gift of teaching, you should use that gift to teach that person the word of God. Maybe you have the gift of of encouragement. You should use that gift. You should intentionally connect with other believers you should seek to schedule uh, you know dinner or or a time of fellowship with other couples and other believers so that you can be a blessing to them and at the same time so that you can receive from them so that you can use your gift and they can use their gift this is the way the body of christ should function so before i conclude i want to go ahead and leave you with three main things The church is a body that functions in unity. We are to be unified but diverse in gifting. That means even though we have several different giftings within the church, we are all to be unified. The second thing is we are to be unified in our goal as a church. Our goal is to to preach the gospel. Our goal is to focus on the gospel and the scriptures. So, we are to be unified in this mentality of focusing on the gospel and focusing on the word of Christ. And the third thing is, we're to be unified in our pursuit of sanctification. You see, we are all to pursue sanctification, this is the purpose for the church. This is the very goal of the believer is to grow in sanctification, progressive sanctification. It's this ongoing process of changing us to live more holy, to be more holy and righteous, just as Jesus is holy and righteous. We're to change to fit the image of Jesus in fellowship, in our, in our commitment, and our devotion to the church causes sanctification and growth within us. So I want to make it clear to you that every person within the church is valuable. But we are all unique. Every person in the church is is needed. But we are all one body. And all should be active within the church. And all should be intentional about serving the church. So I hope that you are blessed by that. I hope that this edifies you. And I hope that, that it was clear and that you understood, you know, everything that I taught in this episode. But my main encouragement to you is to get involved to serve the church, to stay committed to the church. I I want to encourage you to avoid leaving the church and going to different churches. You see, God plants us in a church. And God places, places us in a church so that we can stay there and grow. We should never uproot ourselves and leave and go to different ministries and leave to different churches and hop to this church and hop to that church. We should plant ourselves in one church and grow. You know, I love this analogy that, that, our, that my pastor uses a lot. He uses the analogy of placing a plant and planting a plant in one place. And what he says is if you uproot that plant and you go and put it somewhere else and you plant it in a different area. And if you keep uprooting it and trying to replant it in different areas, eventually the plant will die. You see, but if you place it in one soil, in one dirt, and if you leave it there to grow, and if you keep watering it, and if you keep giving sunlight to that plant and you leave it where it's planted and you don't uproot it, that plant will eventually keep growing and growing and growing. And in the same manner, I encourage you to stay where the Lord has placed you and to serve there and to keep growing. Yes, you may get offended with people eventually. Yes, there may be disagreements that you have with the church. Yes, there may be people that upset you or say something that hurts you. But you see, God uses all of that to mold and shape you. God uses that to grow and develop you. He teaches you how to be more graceful with people through that. He teaches you how to deal with conflict through that. He teaches you how to forgive people through that. So my encouragement to you is to get involved in the church, to stay faithful, to fellowship, to connect with the church, to serve the church, to give yourself to the church, to loving the body of Christ. So I thank you so much for listening. I hope this was a blessing to you and God bless you.